What's up, Gator Country? Your man, Andrew Spivey, back with Nick. And Nick, what a game, man. What a game. Uh, Billy Napier and the Gators start off on a winning note. Uh, 29-26 uh, victory over uh, number seven, Utah. Uh, a game that had it all from the late second pick from uh, Amari Bernie to seal it. Uh, Anthony Richardson had his moments. Uh you had some moments where you said, oh, Lord, here we go again. Uh, you had it in the game, and uh, you expected it. Good game against Utah. Utah's a good opponent. Uh, fun game, though, Nick. Fun game. Absolutely, Andrew. It was incredible being there in person. I know uh, I know that you wish you were there, and I'm sorry that you weren't because it was insane. It was an insane asylum in the swamp last night. Nine Over 90,000 fans in the swamp in attendance. Uh, what Glad an atmosphere for an opening game. Absolutely. And 10th largest crowd in the history. So that's, uh, that's something for sure. And, and, you know, you mentioned this game, it had it all, everything. I mean, the, the game was insane. There were six total lead changes. Uh, the largest lead of the game was six points by Utah. That was in the second quarter and Utah was six yards away from winning. So, I mean, you can't, you can't draw up a closer game, uh, in my opinion. I mean, there, you could probably pinpoint 50 plays that, that could have changed the outcome of that game. And that's the beauty of college football, man. That's uh, sitting there and, and watching, you know, all these plays happen and, and thinking, you know, after the game, I was like, well, you know, that my friends, you know, they were telling me that could have changed the game. That could have changed the game. Yep. There were so many plays like that. I mean, you, you talk about just what an environment that was last night. And I'm so glad that I was there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the goal line stands in the, in the third quarter. Uh, you know, that's a, that was a big moment in the game, uh, you know, where uh, it looked like Utah was going to punch it in a couple times, and then they fumbled, and, and uh, Florida came up with it. Uh, Ventrell Miller had a great play there. Uh, and then, you know, early on, you know, if Montreal doesn't fumble, in the in the first quarter, you know, set up a 25-yard drive for Utah to easily punch it in on the first drive or for the first score of the game on their first drive, you know. So you had your moments and and listen, that's what that's what happens when you play a a, a quality good opponent game one. And you know, we, we knew going into this game that this was going to be a tough game for Florida. Um, Utah is a very physical, a very sound. And a good football team. I mean, some people have them in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Pac-12 champion last year. And this was a team that, you know, let, let's all remember, wasn't very good last year. Uh, this was a team that wasn't physical at all last year. Um, yeah, I've seen an offensive line group that was head and shoulders better than it was last year. Uh, you know, some of the, the depth problems that you and I talked about, it showed up. The defensive line was gassed. Uh, the, the defense was gassed. They're, the offense, uh, I mean, the, the depth of those two positions isn't there. Guess what? It's not going to be there all year. Uh, you've got to find a way to, to gut it out and, and win a ball game. And uh, unlike previous years, they found a way to win a ball game, and they did. Uh, and at the end of the day, the final score is 29-26. You won. Nobody cares how pretty it looked. Absolutely. And, you know, you nailed it when you said there there were things that did not go the Gators' way, right? I mean, we saw the defensive the defensive line got worked last night. I mean, they especially in the second half they were gassed. They they got pushed around by Utah's offensive line, and Utah's offensive line played a hell of a game last night. I was 
thoroughly impressed with uh, the work that they the work that they put out last night. They were not, they did not seem phased to me by the by the crowd, which is very impressive because a lot of offensive lines, uh, a lot of offensive lines will will easily be phased. Um, and so that was very impressive. And I don't believe that the Gators recorded a sack last night. And, and you know, Utah had a fantastic game plan going into it. They weren't going to let the Gators get to the quarterback. They had, you know, short crossing routes, tight end screens, uh, and they ran the ball a lot. So they, they, they knew that if, if, we, had, if we were going to get to the quarterback, it was, it was probably going to be a pretty easy victory for the Gators, but they did not let the Gators do that. Uh, I was very impressed uh, by Utah last night. And, uh, but like you said, the Gators found a way to get a victory despite having, you know, a thin, a thin team, you know, a thin depth chart. You know, we didn't see an incredible performance from our wide receivers. You know, we didn't see an incredible performance by the defensive line, yet the Gators still came out victorious, which I think speaks volumes to the coaching staff and the trust that this team has in the coaching staff. You know, and that was that trust was a big theme last night for me. Well, and here's the thing. I've said this before. I've got, for the record, I've got COVID. Um, so I, I would – this would typically be a podcast that I would just be freaking bringing the energy with because I love a freaking game where an offensive line can put a hat on a hat and whip the man in front of his ass. And that's just, that's me being an old school football coach where you put a hat on a hat and you, you knock the guy in front of you out. And that's exactly what this game was about. Um, this offensive line for Florida, Osiris, Osiris Torrance, uh, Tarquan at times, uh, Kingsley at times, uh, uh, Ethan White at times, Garage at times, all of those guys. Keon Zipper had a, had a great game blocking. All of those guys, hat on a hat, and when it was, you know, gut check time, gut check time for this team, they were able to do that. They were able to push the line of scrimmage. 283 yards rushing for this team um, last night on Saturday night. An overall just physical football game that is a difference, and that's what won the football game. And, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, the defensive line at times played poorly in the second half. Uh, Gervon, Dez, those guys, they were gassed, uh, you know, and, and, and we knew – Going into the season, the defensive line was going to be a question mark, as best I can say. You knew you could count on your, you could count on Gervin, you could count on Jalen Lee uh, to to give you minutes. But once those guys came out, what was going to happen? You know, Big Devs, he, he, you know, he played, and uh, you know, again, he's got to learn technique. He's got to be better technique wise. Um, but you knew that was going to be a problem in some way or another. They found a way to win the ball game. Uh, linebacker played. Ventrell played a heck of a ball game. Um, Amari, you know, he had some some mishaps in coverage, uh, but I thought he played against the run really well. Uh, Shamar James, I thought had a, had a pretty good game. Uh, the concerning part to me was safety play, uh, Nick. Rashad Torrance just didn't have a good game. Uh, it, it, they've got to figure out a way. They've got to figure something out of safety because uh, safety is a liability, and teams that are going to throw the ball against you are going to pick on those two safeties. I agree. And, you know, and it seems like, and this is back to, you know, how about Ventral Miller? He played, he played an incredible game. I know the Gators, you know, got ran on for the most part, but when the Gators made – a good 
defensive stop against the run, it seemed like Ventral Miller was in on every single play. He was flying around that field last night, and I know he dropped that game-winning interception, and I know he's still feeling that this morning. I know I know how badly he wanted that. That's why he plays linebacker. Yeah, but that, that you know that's why he plays linebacker. But the the most important thing was not that he dropped it, and it was that he was in the position to make the play. Right. Um, he was in the right spot. He did all the right things, but catch the ball. And it turns out it didn't matter because you know his teammate uh, and good bud Jamari Bernie, you know, ended up getting the game winner. So you know it all worked out in the end. But yeah, the safety play has to improve. Um, part of run defense is the safeties. They need to be able to make the tackles in open field. And you know, Torrance struggled last night. He missed a lot of tackles and. Uh, and that's something you got to keep an eye on. I know last podcast we talked about, uh, you know, McMillan and, and Kamari Wilson kind of backing up the safeties there. And, you know, you wonder, you know, against Kentucky, do we see more? Do we see more of Kamari Wilson? Do we see more of Donovan, uh, Donovan McMillan? You know, I don't know. I think uh, it opens up a spot. You know, it's uh, this, you know, Napier said all offseason that these games, these early season games are going to be competitions for playing time. There's going to be a competition for playing time all year long. So, it could be time. It could be time that we see, you know, some more guys rotate in that safety and, and, you know, but the most important thing is that the Gators found a way to win last night, despite these mishaps that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, we'll hit some more positives here before we get on to some, some things that's got to improve for sure. Uh, Anthony Richardson, he put the, he put the nation on notice last night, 17 to 24 for 168 yards. Um, you know, I, I say for the most part, uh, in the game, he had a couple passes where I said, man, dial it back a little bit, throw a change up, you don't need your fastball there, uh, you know, dial it back. But for the most part, I thought he was uh, efficient passing. Um, I didn't think he really put himself in uh, in very many uh, risk opportunities there. Um, I, yeah, there was a couple of plays where, um, especially in the first half, where he, he decided to run uh, and get outside the pocket when if he had just waited another second or two, uh, he had the receiver, the play come open. Uh, there was a play in particular, I think it was third and four, maybe, on the second drive or the third drive, Nick, uh, where he had Keon Zipper coming open on a underneath route, and instead he took off and tried to run, and he didn't get it. Um, and, and, you know, listen, it's first start for Anthony Richardson, first game in the uh, in in uh, Billy Napier's system. It's going to get there for sure. Um, I just you know you nitpick that stuff, but uh, his ability to escape the pocket and uh, man, he made the poor guy for Utah look foolish on the two point conversion uh, that he uh, completed to Jaquavion. Right, and you know that play you're talking about where Zipper was open uh, coming across the field. Uh, he also had Marcus Burke on a deep post that was wide open, but he just because he left the pocket, he couldn't turn his body around to make that throw. Uh, and but you know the you know Napier said after the game, uh, Richardson had six to eight plays where you know he probably could have done things a little bit better. And I think that's I think that's a pretty you know accurate assessment. He, I you know the most you know the most impressive thing to me about Richardson was just the way he controlled the game last night. You know he had explosive plays at times, yes, of course he did. But just the way he controlled the game, he, you know, I, I do, I do think at the beginning he was a little bit nervous. He seemed a little bit kind of impatient at times. I know uh, Justin Shorter, there was a, a third and five, and, and Shorter ran a beautiful slant, and he was wide open. But Richardson was just too impatient, and he, uh, and he, you know, he whipped the ball. Uh, that was the fastball. That yeah, was one of the fastballs that I was like, 
It was just too quickly. If he, if he had just waited just a half second, shorter was going to be wide open and there was not a safety over top. It, 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 it could have went for a touchdown. And, but you know, those are the things that, that you got to understand that Richardson has not played a lot of football. Uh, and I think that's what, that's what stands out to me about last night is he was so impressive just controlling the game. You know, as the game went on, it seemed to me like he got more comfortable and comfortable and comfortable. And, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of growth I wanted to see from him. You know, we're going to see the explosive plays from Richardson. That was a given. But I wanted to see him control the game and really have play with confidence. And I think as the game went on, he grew as a quarterback, uh, which I thought was very impressive. But, you know, you know, those, 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 you know, mistakes that he made earlier in the game and, you know, the jitters, he, you know, that'll all get worked out as the season goes on. There's two plays for me, Nick, that showed me what Anthony Richardson about. And um, it's two completely different plays. One was a positive play, and one turned out to just be a lift for another down play. And you may you may disagree with me here. I know Anthony Richardson can make the spectacular play. The the, the long touchdown run and the the what was it forty five yard touchdown in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I, we know Anthony Richardson can make that play. We we know that we're accustomed to that. Uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't special because it was a great play. Uh, but there was two plays in particular. The fourth down play where there was nothing there, and he was able to get it in the fourth quarter to keep the drive alive. That play showed me a lot there. But then there was a play also on that drive where the play broke down. Uh, there was a, uh, a backside corner blitz coming, and he threw the ball. He, he was able to escape pressure long enough, but then he just threw the ball away. Instead of trying to force it into coverage, trying to make something happen that wasn't there, he was able to get rid of the ball, live for another down. Hey, listen, it's okay. It's okay to throw the ball away uh, to live for another down. It's it's much better to throw the ball into the stands and have an incompletion on your uh, stat sheet than an interception on your stat sheet. Um, so those two plays in particular was there. And here, here's another one. No delay of game penalties. I thought that was key. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, Richardson has said during the offseason, he's put an emphasis on this. It took Richardson a long time to realize that he doesn't have to be a superhero. Right. And, and you know, we, we, especially with this Gators team, when the strength of the team is the offensive line and the running backs, you don't have to go out and make every play. Lean on your teammates. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think that's exactly what he did last night. And there was a fourth down play in the fourth in the fourth quarter there where the Gators, the Gators staff trusted him to drop back for a pass. But he realized there was nothing open, and he took off running, and he picked it up. And I think, you know, those kind of things, the, just the overall trust that, that Napier has has in Richardson is what stood out to me last night. Well, because what he, he said— he only, he only had three designed runs, I think. Right. I think he only had three runs. And he ended up carrying the ball, was it, 11 times for 106 yards. So that means eight of his carries were, were, were improvised. And I think that, you know, the staff trusts him. If the play isn't open, if you go through your reads and nothing's there— Take off running. Use 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 your legs. Well, and, and it goes back to the message Napier's had from day one. Players have to trust the staff, and the staff has to trust the players. You know, they 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 went through all of these you know different um, you know exercises where it's to build trust. And you know, Billy Napier's a trust guy, and and if he he's going to trust his guys to go out and make plays. And he's going to allow that. You know, some people were questioning, oh, he let the play clock run out on the uh, uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and, you know, if they don't if they don't convert and, and get the first down there, then he blew it. He he had enough confidence in his guys that he said, hey, it's going to be OK. We're going to do this. Think about it. 
had he not ran that 25 seconds off, Utah's probably running the ball into the end zone instead of throwing the ball there, and it's a different game there. Um, and, and listen, they could have bit him in the butt. Very well could have. But the analytics, and, and I hate analytics most of the time, say that that's the right play to do there. And it's a, it's a trust factor. Um, you know, it, it, go back to uh, Montreal Johnson. Had the fumble. Went right back to him. Uh, ended up being a, a, a big factor in the game. And, you know, I think he showed people just uh, just how good of a back he was. You know, you had those uh, Miami fans saying, oh, you know, he's a uh, um, sunbelt back. That ain't no sunbelt back, let no, me tell you. Not at all. 12 carries, 75 yards. That, that's a grown man carrying some, some big-time Pac-12 linebackers on his back. Yeah, you know, he had a run in particular in the game. It was a third and five, and he and he wasn't he didn't panic at all. You know, they handed the ball off to him, and I, you know, I think they handed it off to him probably because they planned to run the ball twice. You know, use all four downs, but you know, he he stayed patient, found the hole, and and once he found the hole, he exploded past the first down uh, marker, which I you know he had an impressive game. But you know, back to back to just the trust that Napier has in this and this offense in particular. That that final drive, and I know Andrew, we we talked about this earlier this morning, but that final drive, and and you can probably speak on this, you know, a little bit more than I can, being you know a former, you know, football coach. But I don't think it's easy to go out there and tell your offense, you know, right? There's five minutes to go. We not only have to score, but but I want you guys to 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 tick the clock down. You know, I don't want Utah getting much time to to go down there and score, and you know. Napier said after the game, he knew he had four plays. The whole team knew they had four plays to pick up the first down. So, and you saw them utilize that. I think we had three third down conversions and a fourth down conversion on that final drive. Yes. Yeah. Is, is something along those lines. And, and that right there is, I mean, that's impressive. Most, I think most teams would go out there and just, and just try to score just any way they could. And, you know, Napier, obviously that was his number one priority was to score the football, but he knew that, that his Gator defense was tired. Uh, he had the awareness that Utah was moving the ball uh, very easily. So, you know, he knew he knew that the Gators had to get in the end zone, but he also knew that they had to take some some uh, some time off. And I don't I do not think that's easy to do uh, to, to to game plan and script that. I think it's very difficult. And the Gators ended up scoring with a minute and 25 left. And and, you know, Utah did end up going down the field. But, you know, thankfully, Amari Bernie made a big play there at the end. Well, here's the thing. It, it, it's tough to to run the ball in those situations. Uh, you know, it because you you always have it in the back of your mind. Okay, well, what happens if my offensive line doesn't get the block or or whatever that may be? Okay, let me throw the ball because at least I have the option to run. If it breaks down, if I run the ball, I don't have the option. Uh, but credit to Napier, credit to Rob Sell and Darnell Stapleton and the rest of the offensive staff that, you know, listen, they have they have trust and faith in their offensive line that that's where their money is going to be made. Uh, that's where they're going to, you know, win and lose games is, is by running the football. And, and he stuck to it. Uh, even that, even the drive beforehand, uh, that where they where they went down and, and Montreal scored uh, to make it uh, when they went up before and then they got the two point conversion before Utah scored. Um, so the last two drives of the game, he just ran the football. Um, 
confident there. He ran the football and he and he ran it, you know, right at Utah for the most part. Uh, and, and a big thing that I thought was was good was it it was a collective unit on the offensive line of good blocking. Um, the outside receivers were blocking as well. Um, had some good tight end blocks. And for me, that was a that was a big question mark. Who was gonna? What tight end was gonna really step up? And I thought Keon Zipper did a really good job there. Uh, but a guy we hadn't talked about a, a, at all is Etn. What what a playmaker, man! That kid, good grief! I mean, uh, his ability to cut on a dime and just you know he can he you get him in the open field. Good good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I mean we had we've I, I've seen it in practice. Uh, you know, this, this, this fall, ETN is that guy. He's a dog. Um, but, you know, it's always different when the lights come on and boy, he did not disappoint. You know, his first carry, I think went for 17 or 19, 17 yards. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, maybe I think it was 19 yards. And then later in the game, he had a 17 yard carry, but man, he can make plays. You know, he totaled, uh, he had five carries for 64 yards in his Gators debut. That's something. And, uh, and, you know, heart attack. Yeah. Oh, he did. And, I, you know, I was just about to speak on that. Uh, but, you know, that final drive, right, where, you know, ETN was in. He, the Billy Napier had Trevor ETN, true freshman, in his first game against a top 10 team in a, in a, in a game-winning drive. He had him playing, and he was the primary running back in that drive. And, you know, he, he, he did give us a heart attack. He fumbled and thankfully jumped on it. But, I, again, I, I think it speaks to trust. Billy Napier – it turned around and handed the ball right back off to ETN. Um, and, you know, he didn't disappoint. So um, what a game from him. Uh, and we're going to see a lot more of him this season. I can tell you that right now. The Gators have three solid, solid running backs. Uh, they're going to go to him all the time. They all offer something different. Uh, that's a special group. And, you know, uh, Nick Naquan writes a little bit of an older guy, but Montreal Johnson and uh, Trevor Etienne are going to be here for, you know, at least two more years, and that's gonna that's gonna be really exciting. Yeah, I mean Naquan didn't play bad at all. I mean that's the thing. I mean Naquan didn't play play bad at all. He played uh, had ten carries uh, for thirty nine yards. Uh, a lot of that in the uh, first half, but he, he didn't play bad at all. Um, I, I thought he played really well. They all offer something different, Nick, and, and that's the the big key is they all can do something different, and they all are accountable that, okay, if it's fourth quarter, fourth and one, you feel pretty good about any of them being on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. <coughs> um, you know, we'll go to, uh, we'll go to, uh, to the defensive side of the ball real quick. Uh, we hit it on a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought Princely played well um, in the game. Um, you know, I, I, I thought at times uh, Gervin and uh, Gervon and, and Britton Cox, they had a, they had a couple of plays there. But it's consistency with those two guys that I need to see more of. I, I need to see those two guys uh, be more consistent there. Um, I, I need to see, you know, setting the edge. Both of those guys have a problem with setting the edge, and it, and it hurt them. Uh, Cam Rising, I think, had a 30-yard gain, 20, 29 to be exact, gain because Gervin just didn't didn't set the edge. Um, they, they've got to figure out a way to set the edge there. And, you know, I, I think that was a big message, you know, from Napier and Spencer is even when you're tired, do your job. 
And and that was a problem for them in that in this game is that when they got tired they didn't. Uh, hopefully more depth you know will continue to improve as the season goes on. I thought Tyreek Sapp and Justin uh, Boone and Antoine Powell I thought uh, were played pretty good ball um, in the game as well. Um, you know at, at corner I, I thought Helm and Jason Marshall uh, did what you needed to do. They weren't really tested a ton uh, in the game. Uh, Safety play, we talked about it. Got to improve, man. It's just, it's got to improve. And, uh, you know, I, this Utah game for me is a little bit of a wash as far as the linebackers and coverage because I think you will see as the season goes on, on third down, more of the Bernie Shamar or Dewan Black Shamar uh, in the game there so that they can cover the, uh, the, the backs and the tight ends more. But with Utah, uh, they're very, you know, multidimensional where they can easily run the ball third and five as in, as they can throw the ball. So you didn't want to bring out Ventrell and Amari in that situation, and, and Utah took advantage of that. Uh, but I think you will see going forward more of Shamar and Dewan Black in coverage there, and that's a big key. Uh, definitely liked seeing Trevez at, at nickel more than Jadarius Perkins. Perkins still, to me, seems to make some silly mistakes at times. And, you know, I have not been, been a fan, a huge fan of Perkins, uh, you know, since he's arrived in Gainesville. But he, I will say he made a huge tackle there uh, in the, on the final drive of the game uh, to keep uh, the Utah wide receiver inbounds. That was an incredible tackle. And, you know, I thought the defensive line, I thought they were all right, especially the edge rushers. I, I think it's tough to, to kind of grade the defensive ends and the edge rushers for this game simply because Utah game planned around – around that they they knew that they knew that they had to get the ball out quickly uh and I think he saw at times Brenton Cox and, and Princely kind of pressure Cam Rising a little bit and get him out of the pocket uh which is a good thing and, and you know and Rising missed some passes last night and that was due to due to the Gators defensive defensive ends there and um yeah I just think I think it's tough to grade uh how they perform simply because of just the game plan that Utah had I mean you look at you look at their receiving uh, stats. Their tight end had nine catches for 105 yards. That is the a next, freak, by the way. Yeah, and he and you know Bernie said that that's the best. Him and Kincaid are the best two tight ends uh, that they'll face all year, uh, and they were they were very talented. The next best, the next most catches for Utah was five by the running back Makai Bernard. So you know that just goes to show you that they they were they they had a game plan and they stuck to it and and. Uh, and like I said, I thought they were impressive all game, all game long. They knew that we were going to have trouble. Uh, we They knew that the Gators were going to have uh, trouble covering those tight ends, especially because they were running the ball every single play. They knew that we had to keep uh, Ventrell Miller and Amari Bernie in the game. Um, but I agree. I think, you know, on in future opponents, I think we will see more of the Shamar James, Dewan Black kind of on third down just to be in coverage and help us out there a lot. Well, here's the thing. If we were talking about this being – Southwestern Dakota State of East West whatever, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know if we're talking about Mercer or, or whatever it may be that they played, it'd be a whole different ball game. We talking about this defensive line. This is a Utah team that is going to run the football against most everybody they play. It just that's their motto, that's their game plan, and they're good enough to do that. Um, so while yes. There is a lot of improvement needed on the defense. There's nothing to really scream, 
oh my god, this, this isn't what we expected because it was better than expected because I didn't expect them to hold uh, in you know in the first half. I didn't expect them to you know to have a a fourth a fourth and goal stand like they did. And, you know, so I, as much as Utah you know, wore the defense down. It wasn't totally unexpected because that's what Utah does. Um, you know, uh, Napier made it a point that uh, he wanted to cut down on penalties. Yeah. I mean, 7 of 38 is not bad for Florida. Um, and I will say that, you know, what was it? Was it two or three holding calls on kickoffs? Two, it, was it, was, it, was two, it was two in the first half. Uh, right. So either two or three, so you know yeah. those are silly ones. You can't have those happen. Uh, and you had a uh, you had a couple holding calls on uh, on offense there, but you had no delay of game penalties and no false start penalties, no um, uh, offsides penalties. You did have one where you, you had a tenth man on the field uh, on the. I mean, you had an extra twelfth man on the field. Um, on defense, but that was just simply because he didn't get off in time. So not too too concerned there. Um, so I thought penalties were cleaned up um, for the most part. Still some, you know, iffy about um, what's a Pac-12 referee crew, um, who, by the way, gave Utah um, points because that kid did not catch the football, and I don't care what it said. Uh, and then let him run a play, man. Uh, on fourth and goal, let them run a play, and then, you know, blew the whistle. And I know the whistle supposedly was blew before the, the snap, but, man, that was, those are two plays that was just yeah. bizarre. And that, that particular fourth down play bothered me, and it wasn't, because that they, it wasn't because that they stopped the play, but it was because Napier earlier in the game was trying to get the refs to stop the play for the completed pass that they called, which actually hit the ground. Um, which, you know, spotted Utah three points. Napier sprinted up the sidelines trying to get the refs to stop play, and they did not. Yet when when Utah's coach was calling for a timeout, he gets, you know, gets the Right. Uh, but, you know, you have to find a way to win despite adversity. You know, the referees. Despite the referees, despite adversity. You cannot let them determine the outcome of the game, and the Gators did not do that. They made a play when it mattered. Um, and I thought it was a great game all the way around. And here's the thing, too. For the first time... In a long time, and listen, I am—I'm a trash talker. I—I—I I, I, I will just, you know, I, I say it like it is. I don't mind a little good trash talk, but you did not see a ton of it that got out of hand in this mm-hmm. game. It was a team that act like they belong there, and the team that act like, you know, hey, we're, we're here. We're 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 going to play ball with you. You know, I'm, I don't have to go around, you know, taunting you and that kind of stuff. So, um, overall, very, very impressed by it. Uh, recruits were impressed by the atmosphere, uh, you know, and, and they should be. I mean, the the atmosphere was insane. Uh, the, the win was great. Um, you know, everything that you hope to see out of the game was there. Uh, like the new seating for the, uh, for the recruits uh, in the South End Zone. Those metal bleachers were not comfortable. Trust me, uh, I, I sat there for a game. Not comfortable. Yeah, no, that the, the new seating for the recruits was awesome, and they also let them on the field uh, for warmups, uh, them and the, them and their families, which I thought was really cool because you know they get to be they get to be on the field while everyone's looking at them. Uh, so I thought that was a nice little touch too. And yeah, the recruits were definitely pleased. They were happy. Um, man, what a night that was uh, to witness, though. What a night to be at. 
Yeah, and uh, they had a uh, they had a couple of big ones that were you know on campus. We didn't get to tape on Friday, and that's my fault. Uh, again, came down with freaking COVID, had to miss the game. Not uh, not happy about it. Kind of jealous of uh, Nick and Gentry. Uh, but Cedric uh, uh, Baxter uh, came on campus. Texas commit. Uh, Richard Young was there. The Alabama commit. Um, a big one, and, and maybe the most important one, and, and uh, maybe the most important too. And you know, not because they're the best players because they're not better than Cedric or Richard Young, but with Florida State offensive line commit Roger Kearney and then UCF defensive line commit uh, John Walker. Um, two positions of needs. I mean, we just talked about it. They need defensive line help. Walker's a really good player. They need offensive line help. Kearney's a really good player. So, uh, you know, the, the, Billy Napier's not quitting on guys, even if they're committed. He's just, he's just not. Um, he has that motto of I'm going to recruit you until you sign your letter of intent. And for better or worse, you should do that. And I, I've said this, Nick, and I don't know that I've said this to you on this podcast, but I'm, I'll, I'll say it to you, and you can agree or disagree. But you're the freaking University of Florida. Show you're the University of Florida. The University of Florida means something. You shouldn't back down from anybody in commit-wise. If they're committed elsewhere, who cares? You're the freaking University of Florida. When the University of Florida is rolling, you the University of Florida who is a big-time national program. Well, don't quit on nobody. Right. I mean, that, that's it. That's exactly right. And, you know, let me, let me ask you something, Andrew. Uh, with, with about 40, you know, 40-plus recruits and their families on campus last night, do you believe it's still recruiting season for Billy Napier? I think I don't think Billy Napier ever will say it's not recruiting season. Uh, it, here's the thing, though. Like, this is what I, I think is funny. Okay, it's not. It's not so. It's it's different. Okay, you know, work recruiting season and and you know the summer months and the fall months. But having the army of people there, those kids were able to have. I mean, some kids said it was the best hospitality they've ever had on a visit. But not only that, but some of the some of these kids had somebody with them the entire night. Most of them did. Uh, you know, Billy Napier and them didn't have to do anything extra there uh, because of that. And they were just able to go about their normal game plan, game day, have the Army take care of it because that's their job to do, uh, and talk to these kids afterwards. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't say enough about what Napier's built because of that. Um, and, you know, the good thing for Billy Napier, and, and this is a, an old quote Nick Saban used to say a long time ago when we were in, uh, when we were doing coaching clinics. And he said, you want 75 to 80% of your recruiting class locked up before the season. And he said, you want that because you want to be able to focus less on less kids in the current class and more on the underclassmen because the underclassmen don't have to have as much love as the uh, as the current class. And I think you see that even last night. The 24 list and the 25 list was insane. All Billy Napier had to do was go out and shake their kids' hands and say hello to them. These kids feel like a million bucks right now. And I think, you know, Napier's army, right, it not only helps with recruiting, but it also helps with the team and the team chemistry. I mean – you know, we all saw that team photo with with more you know staff members than than you know players on the roster, and that was by design. Right. Napier wanted you know he wanted these players to feel like 
I can I can go to someone and not feel like I'm not feel like I'm bothering them or that they have too much on their plate, you know, and and you know so that was 100% by design. Napier wanted to build this kind of foundation of of okay, this is a family, you know. If you need to get you know if you need to reach someone, you know there's there's multiple 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 people that you can reach out to and they can help you out, whether that be football related, personal related, academic related. Um, he has a, he has a he has a person to go to for everything that you would need. Well, and and again, you know. I think it's never said enough, but, you know, these are kids. Like it or not, they're kids. And, you know, especially like the offensive line group, uh, you know, you have so many offensive linemen on this roster that you need those guys there. You know, he has seven guys now that are just pretty much focused on the offensive line. That's a lot of focus, you know, that can go there and stuff. And so um, you're exactly right. And, you know, I think that even – it even shows in some of the game plan because you're able to have so many different eyes on it and so many guys that are not all of the Army are former coaches, but um, a lot of them are. You know, for instance, a guy like Jamar Chaney, that guy's a, that guy's a football coach. Uh, you know, he's on your support staff. He's going to see something different than maybe Jay Bateman done at linebacker. Chaney played in the league at linebacker, played in the SEC at linebacker. He's going to see something different than maybe Bateman doesn't see, or, or maybe he picked on some something Tony or somebody else doesn't see. The more eyes you put on stuff like that um, will help for sure and will help this uh, this group in general. So, um, you know, big week coming up. They got Kentucky. Um, it's, an, it's another big game. Uh, obviously, you want to start out the SEC uh, on a great note. You know, you get to celebrate this win against Utah for a couple of uh, couple of hours now. Uh, we're taping this on Sunday afternoon, so uh, here pretty soon they'll be hitting the practice field and, uh, you know, going over some stuff that, you know, went wrong in the uh, Utah game, and then it's time to turn your attention to Kentucky as you try to get back on the uh, on, on the winning ways in the SEC. Uh, you probably go into this game ranked now, um, so you're no longer the underdog. Uh, you no longer can say, hey, we need respect. You got some respect. Uh, now let's see what this team can do with that respect, and I, you know, if I know Billy Napier like I think I do, knowing him for over 10 years now, this one's not going to go to their head. It's only going to make them hungrier for more. Yeah, and, you know, the players in the press conference last night said they have 24 hours. I think they said uh, 6.30 p.m. tonight, uh, which is actually less than 24 hours, but 6.30 p.m. tonight when they start film, uh, they, they, are, they are no longer allowed to, to celebrate that win. They have to be Kentucky ready. Hey, that's what it is. You know, yes, time to move on. Um, great win. Like I said, probably be ranked. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's go time. And uh, like we talked about, there are some things that need to improve. Um, and I think they will improve. Um, let me ask you this. Was there anybody that didn't play in the game um, that you thought you would see um, play? Um, and then I guess was there anybody that played uh, two-part question that we didn't talk about that maybe you say, hey, they surprised me a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I think I, I, I was surprised not to see uh, Lorenzo Lingard in the game. I know uh, that the Gators have, you know, three very talented backs uh, ahead of him. And, you know, but I did think that, that he was at least going to see, you know, a few carries here and there, you know, maybe get him on a, on a, on a, on a bubble screen or something along those lines. But, you know, I guess I was surprised to not see him, but I mean, we saw the product on the field, guys. We, I mean, we we saw what those three running backs ahead of him can do, and you know, that's you cannot you can't sit there and blame Lingard for that. I mean, those guys are very talented, and I can tell you right now, they have a future 
uh, in the sport. Um, Lingard didn't even get on the field in special teams, did he? I don't. I don't believe so. I. I, I have actually yet to rewatch the game. I've been uh, doing some writing and and, and whatnot. But I, I. I. I mean, I am planning on rewatching it tonight, and I will look out for that. To my knowledge, knowledge, he didn't get on the. Field. I don't. I don't believe so. And you know, and and that's you know, I. I at least thought we'd see him in special teams, but. Um, yeah. Well, and, hey, know, listen. Here's the thing. You earn. You earn carry. Uh. You earn snaps in the fall, and you can lose snaps in the fall. And here's here's this. I'm not saying Lingard lost snaps in the fall. I, I think people just took the snaps from him. And one player I want to uh, bring up that we haven't mentioned yet uh, is Devin Moore. And I know I know we were all expecting him to play, uh, but I guess I guess what I wasn't expecting was for him to be on the final play, you know, the game-winning play, that game-winning series there at the end, that that, that interception by Amari, Amari Bernie. He was in there at quarterback. And I think that that just speaks volumes. Again, I keep bringing up trust, but Napier, you know, he trusted Trevor Etienne on the, on this final drive. He trusted Devin Moore to be in there and make a play. And let me tell you something, Devin Moore made a tackle on a second down. Uh, I think, I think the wide receiver maybe got a yard or two, but they, he made, he made Utah burn another timeout. And that was mm-hmm. crucial. Um, Devin Moore, you know, I don't, he didn't play a lot in the, in the first half, I don't think. And then in the second half, he was, he was in there and, and, and he's a player that guys, he's going to be a special player uh, in the orange and blue. Um, he made that, he made an open field tackle, which I was like, damn, I mean that, what a, what a tackle that was. Him and Jadarius Perkins made two huge tackles there at the end. And, um, you know, he's a player that, that he's going to do special things here. And, you know, it, again, it just, it's the trust that Napier has in these younger players, you know, Montreal Johnson fumbled on the first carry of the game and he went back to him 11 more times, you know, and he also caught a pass for 14 yards, you know, Trevor Etienne first game fumbles, give it right back to him. You know, he, he has, he has so much trust and these players have trust back and it's, it was something to watch last night. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I was impressed by Sapp and, and Justice Boone for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, glad to see Antoine Powell, um, you know, play, play, uh, play some good ball. Um, overall, um, uh, oh, I, I was, I was really impressed with Dejon Reynolds. Glad to see him get, get, man, that guy's, guy, that guy's fast. Uh, yep. you know, obviously he was coming back from a knee injury last year. So, um, they suffered in high school. So that, that kind of hurt him a little bit. Um, but you know, he is, uh, he, he's a good ball player. Um, you know, and, and you want to see that, uh, you, you know, you didn't see any of Whittemore. Um, you know, Eric Whittemore didn't show up in the stat sheet. Let me say it like that. Yeah, um, absolutely. but, uh, so you, you, you want to see that, uh, from Reynolds. So I, I was happy to see that. Um, was a little disappointed in the punt game. Um, I will say that, um, didn't think punt game was uh very good overall. Um, thought, you know, Cr- uh, Crawshaw made some, you know, uh, Directional mess ups, I guess, is the best way to say it. Um, in his punts, where you know you you should have went to the left and he kicked to the right, especially that one um, where Florida had uh, uh, was backed up in there on end zone and it wasn't wasn't a very good punt. He only averaged uh, 40, 40 yards a, a, a punt, so it wasn't great. But he did have two inside the twenty. Um, so overall, there, um, you know, good news is you were perfect on PATs. Um, so that was, that was good to see. Um, you know, you didn't have a field goal attempt in that game. Um, one thing I will say, uh, Nick is this, and that is, uh, I want to see ETN on, uh, kickoff returns. 
I think I've seen enough of the Henderson shorter stuff to say I'm good. Yeah, um, you know, just special teams in general, it it, it needs to it needs to improve in almost every facet. Uh, you know, like you said, the good news is the PATs were good, no issues there. The, the Gators, you know, didn't even attempt a field goal, um, and that's that's I mean that's ideal. You know, when you get into the red zone, you want to score touchdowns, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what Nate Beer and the Gators did, and that's exactly why the Gators won. Uh, they capitalized on the red zone, and the Utes did not, you know. Um, but, yeah, special teams all the way across the board, in my opinion, has to improve from kickoff returns to kickoffs. Uh, I thought Mahalik there, when he was kicking off, he kept – and I don't know if this was by design, but he kept putting it in the corner of the end zone, dangerously close to the out-of-bounds line. Scaring the crap out of me. And he did it He did it on that final kickoff when Utah was getting the ball back. He put it, and it was about two yards away from being out of bounds. And I was sitting there like, what is he doing? If that had went out of bounds, they start at the 40-yard line. And that, that – I mean – then they would only need, you know, 30 yards for a solid field goal attempt. So, you know, I was like, and I, like I said, I don't know if that was by design. I'm, I'm pretty certain that Napier did not want it to get that close to the corner there. Um, so, you know, everything in special teams, in my opinion, needs to improve from the, I thought the punt returns. I agree with you. I want to see ETN back there. We saw ETN and the way he can move and the way he can cut, stop on a dime. He needs to be he needs to be the one back there. Henderson, you know, he's a fast guy, but he just it to me in my eyes, and I don't, you know, you may disagree with me, Andrew, but he just it seems to me he just takes a while to get going. And he's just uh, too passive, I think is yeah. the best way to say it. You know, he, he, and I'm gonna say this, and I may get ripped, but he reminds me too much of Demarcus Robinson in a way where he's always looking for con- who's coming for content. Instead of just catching it and go, just catch and go, big dog. You're fast enough that you catch and go. What had happened? Yep. And you know they, you know they kept going to Henderson on on. I think they threw to him three times on on screens, and I yeah. think I think two of them you know didn't work out. But he had a really nice play. I think it was a third and five, uh, where he was on the right side. They threw a screen to him, and he made a great cut up the middle. But you know that's the kind of explosive explosiveness we need to see. We need right. him to just c- catch and go. Because I said this, I said this last podcast. Henderson may be the fastest player on the team, but he just needs to have that explosiveness and that awareness that he needs to, you know, he needs to have awareness that he is the fastest player on the team. Right. You know. Um, and and you know, but it was, you know, I, th- I thought he played a fine game. You know, I, I I didn't have any issues with him, you know, at the receiver position. But I do, I would like to see the Gators give another shot uh, to a different guy. You know. Uh, with the punt return and the kick returns. Before we end this real quick, give you a couple of uh, notes of uh, noteworthy. Uh, Billy Napier, first head coach, uh, first Gator head coach to defeat a ranked opponent in his first game at the helm. Um, Also, uh, Florida has now won 33 consecutive uh, home openers. Uh, That was big. Um, They've won 30 of their last 31 openers in general. The last one was Michigan, the last loss that was. Um, so, overall, uh, good night for the Gators. Get out on top. Uh, Billy Napier wins his, uh, wins his opener. Uh, Anthony Richardson puts the uh, the nation on notice. You're 1-0, and the best thing about being 1-0 is the opportunity to go 2-0 against a uh, Kentucky team that I think is vastly overrated, and you're not going to – you're not going to tell me I'm wrong. I am, 
I'm sorry. I just I don't think so. I, I think they're vastly overrated. I think they're always vastly overrated where everybody thinks that uh, this is the year Mark Stoops turns it around. People need to realize Kentucky is Kentucky. Yep. I mean, I, I've, I've said this uh, for a few weeks now, and I know we've talked a lot about it, Andrew, but I think that the Gators could could they could steamroll Kentucky next week. Uh, I, I just I like the way we match up against them. They're you know they don't have their star running back, uh, which is going to help the Gators a lot. They 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 ran the ball horribly against a terrible opponent in Week One. I think it was 29 carries for 50 yards. Yeah. Uh, that I mean that's 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 unacceptable. Florida had 39 carries for 283 yards. Kentucky had 29 for 50. So, in South um, Carolina, you know, everybody made them out to be this uh, powerhouse. Uh, come on, Spencer Rattler still looks like the bust that uh, Lincoln Riley had him as. And so. before we end this podcast, I, we we didn't bring this player up, and I wanted to. Ricky Purcell, uh, yeah, he he is the Gators' wide receiver room. I mean, he 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 only had four catches, but it was for sixty-seven yards. And one play in particular was the third and fifteen. Uh, Richardson threw a high ball to to Ricky, and he went up and got it. And uh. He's just he's a special player. He's a guy that the Gators are going to go to all season long, and I can I can confidently predict right now. I'm pretty sure that he's going to uh, he's going to lead the Gators in, in receiving yards this year and catches as well. Um, he he's just a rock in that, and you know he's part of the reason why why Whittemore didn't get you know the game the game time uh, that maybe a lot of people thought. I mean, Ricky is a special player. Yeah. Really good player, so glad you mentioned that. All right, guys. Well, we will be back uh, on uh, Wednesday. Sorry, had to get my uh, p's and q's here in the order. Uh, as we'll uh, we'll start to break down Kentucky, and then uh, we'll be back on Friday for our prediction time. As uh, the Gators will host uh, Kentucky in the Swamp on Saturday night in an opener. So, uh, Nick, uh, good stuff this week. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, make sure you guys are following us on Gator Country on the web and on social media, um, as we'll uh, be pumping out stories all week, uh, recapping Utah, and also getting ready for Kentucky. Yes, sir. It was a fun one. Thanks, guys.